1: Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and this is the first episode of May, which is kicking off our Quarren Queen Takeover series. Special thanks to Parody Bill, who made this month's episode graphics for us. This month will be all about six. The musical And this first episode is being kicked off with Broadway cast member Samantha Pauly, who's going to make her debut as Catherine Howard once Broadway returns. If you want to see the complete video version of this episode, I did record it. We used Skype, so you can see the whole thing on video. Head on over to ttp.fm slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and the lowest tier will get you complete access to all of the video interviews, past, present, and future. Remember to follow me on social media at theater underscore podcast on facebook at uh, slash official theater podcast tell your friends leave a rating leave a review remember to please stay home if you can wash your hands be safe stay healthy and now everyone please enjoy this episode with samantha Polly. listen up let me tell you a story a
0: story that you think you've heard before
1: glories and the disgraces. My guest today is no stranger to the stage, performing regionally since 2010 in shows such as Honeymoon in Vegas, Elf the Musical, Susicle, and Godspell. She's played the title role of Eva Peron in Evita three times, which included making her West End debut last year in Regent's Park Open Air Theater. She was Valkyrie in the national tour of Bat Out of Hell, and is now Catherine Howard in Six on Broadway. Samantha Polly, welcome to the theater podcast
0: thank you thanks for having me
1: how are you holding up here in quarantine
0: i'm pretty good i'm really not that bad um i'm lucky that i live right next to my sister she's just in the building right next to me um so if either of us goes anywhere it's just to each other's apartments to hang out um and i have my dog here in the city with me too so i don't feel too alone which is nice but you know I have my days where I get really bored
1: (laughs) so are you you're still in in Manhattan in the area
0: Yeah. yeah I um I thought about going home to Chicago where I that's where my husband is and we have a house there um but I didn't leave right away because you know originally no one was really sure how long this was gonna last and they were like April 13th that's when we're planning on coming back and so I was like okay, I'll just hang out and, and wait. Um, and that didn't happen. So like you just hanging out, you
1: were, you were robbed, robbed of your Broadway debut.
0: I know it was just, um, it was such a weird day too, because so many other things had already started to get canceled, but like no one, no one told us anything and and we were all kind of hoping that like surely everything, you know, will go dark tomorrow. We'll at least open tonight and have the party and then, and then that's fine. Like if we have to take a month off, that's cool. Just let us open and let us have the party. Um, and I don't think any of us, none of us really heard anything until maybe like, 3.30, almost 4 o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Yeah, it was March 12th. And I, I was like 6th or 7th row center March 11th, your final preview. Oh, great. So I, w- I was there and I was like, this is going to be great. They're going to they're gonna open. They're going to get their, their the Tony con- they'll be in Tony contention. It's okay. going to be awesome. And then that, the next morning, yeah, Moulin Rouge was like, both shows are canceled today. And I said, ooh, something's, somebody's got it. Like there's no way they would close early unless, you know, the producers knew somebody had it or or whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just came out that afternoon and immediately I thought of you and the cast like just oh, I felt I felt so sad because because our there there are so many of you who are making Broadway debuts and 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 the show has had so much of a buildup, and it's been going everywhere. It is so popular, and so many people are anticipating this. And then it was just like, nope, sorry, we have no idea.
0: Yeah, um, I think one one thing that helped a little is that I mean, obviously, we'd have been in previews for about a month, um. So I feel like I already made my Broadway debut. Like, we did the thing. I had, like, our first preview. I was very emotional and cried. Um, but then, you know, during previews, we're in rehearsals almost every day still, working and then doing the show at night. So I was disappointed. I was sad. You know, I was excited to officially open um, because, like you said, there's there's been a lot of anticipation for Six. Um, but I guess I also consider this, Somewhat of a, a not a blessing, but something that was meant to happen maybe for us because a lot of a lot of us were had been sick or had you know vocal fatigue and just needed some time because mm-hmm. we've also been doing the show for almost a year um, and our time off from it has been very limited. I think the most amount of time we've had off. I mean I went away to London and had like months away from the show but I was still doing another show
1: which which was not easy either.
0: Which was not easy. <laughs> but you know we I think the most amount of time we had off from the show was maybe two and a half three weeks. Um because we had some time but then we had to come to New York and do press in October and um so I think a lot of us are using this time to to rest and and take care of ourselves the way that, that we've probably needed to for a, a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And which I mean it's kind of a blessing and in, in, in that respect. It, you know, the voices are gonna come back stronger and there's gonna be a certain amount of conditioning uh uh you know, like cardiovascularly for for your show and shows like Moulin Rouge, the dancers, I mean like come on, that that's yeah. something you can't just go back into. But uh I you said something too that you're still in rehearsals while you're in previews, but this show like Six has been around for years and multiple incarnations already. Yeah. What what's changing? What's being worked on?
0: Um nothing nothing in terms of, of like songs or, you know, choreography really changed that much. Um there are a couple things that changed uh like snippets of lines or there was some music that got rewritten um to just like amp it up for Broadway if that makes mm-hmm. sense um and there were a couple things uh with the choreography that that had changed that we may have like originally been taught incorrectly that then the choreographer from London was with us now for all of these rehearsals we only had her in Chicago when we first started for a week um and then she had to leave she was doing Hamilton in, in the UK um,
1: oh that old thing so that old chestnut
0: Hamilton you know but um but we had a lot of time with her so she was able to get like really picky and really specific with how she wanted things to look um, but Lucy and Toby were also using that time I think to um to just like play around with stuff and you know the show is is good as it is and, and Lucy has told us this many times like the show could work like in a basement with no audience like the show is fine and it's good and we could open you know tomorrow and be okay but we have the time so sh- they wanted to use the time to like maybe we'll try this joke this way or maybe we'll try seeing it this way like we have the time so let's experiment and see what works and what doesn't um which which is what previews are for. Um, so nothing changed like drastically, um, but they had the time. So they were using it to get really particular and really specific. And I mean, you saw the show, there are so mm-hmm. many lights. There is so much tech wise that um, they were doing a lot of stuff with that too. They added a couple extra things with lights that sometimes would work and sometimes wouldn't. And so they were, doing a lot of things yeah it's beautiful
1: it's it's a rock concert about history on broadway like it's it's such a unique kind of thing we definitely want to come back to six but normally on the podcast where i start is kind of like your beginnings about you and and you know who you are so you said you grew up in chicago right Uh, or chicago's home is that where you grew up Chicago
0: has been home um for me for the last five years um i I'm originally from Iowa. That's where my parents are still. Um, but I moved to Chicago uh, after college because I uh, wasn't really into um, just the New York audition scene in general. I had been out here a couple times, like as a non-equity actor, trying to pound the pavement and you know wake up at four a.m. and go wait in line only to probably not get seen. And that's just not, that wasn't ever something that I, uh, was interested in doing. Um, and while I was still in college is when I met my now husband and Chicago was kind of our compromise. Um, he went to college at Illinois Wesleyan and, uh, he went to law school at Notre Dame. So he knew a lot of people still in the Chicago area. And I just kind of did my research about what the best theaters were to work at and open calls and this and this and that. Um, So we decided on Chicago. I, I think I, we, we we've been there for like two months and I, I booked my first job. Um, I didn't have any equity points. I had never worked in an equity house before I booked Godspell at the Marriott theater and they just offered me my equity card um, to do the show. Which I was kind of reluctant about, but was a good decision in the end um and I've been fortunate since then to be working pretty regularly um in Chicago, which was another reason that I didn't really feel like I needed to to move out to New York because I about a year after being in Chicago, I got an agent I signed with an agency, and they were sending me out to New York enough for things or I was getting called out here for enough stuff that I was like, well if I can Work regularly in Chicago and you know book an eighty dollar flight to go to New York for forty eight hours and then come back I'll do that I'll continue to do that um so we've been there ever since and then I finally did book something and it brought me out here
1: <laughs> well when when like the singing and and the acting where did the love for theater come in have you like as a kid were you always singing and performing? Um,
0: not not really i know you know there's a lot of people that are like i've been i've just been doing this since i was 3 years old um i think my my love for singing just came from watching disney movies uh, <laughs> i just want i wanted to be jasmine and i wanted to be ariel um i i didn't see my first broadway show i think until my junior year of high school um but that's also when i did my first show um the end of my junior year they had auditions for like the pajama game didn't know the show didn't know what it was I sang in choir and I did choir in like junior high and you know stuff like that um but yeah end of my junior year auditioned for the musical I thought it was fun um the choir took a trip to New York and we saw uh Drowsy Chaperone and Wicked and me being really dumb, not I didn't know what wicked was, I didn't know what any of it was. <laughs> and we saw Wicked, and intermission happened. and I thought that was the end of the show. I'm not kidding you. I well, <laughs> And I was like, cool. So now what? Like where we? I was like putting my coat on to leave. <laughs> but like, but seeing that and and doing, you know, the show and having fun. Um, I was like, this seems, this seems pretty cool. Like, this seems like something that I, I could do. I think that maybe I could go to college for this and I could, I could try it out. Um, and I think because of that, because I got started so late, my parents were very like, well, but what if it doesn't work? Like, what's, what's your, your backup plan? You know, the, the stuff like that and i just kept saying i don't know i don't know because i'm not very good at like math or science like i honestly didn't know what else i could do um
1: well that that's what i was that's actually what i was gonna say was was junior year is late to all of a sudden decide oh i want to go to college for this yep
0: um i so i also i I wasn't very, um, I wasn't aware of like, what's the best, what's the best college to go to for music theater? Um, But I had a great, I had a really great drama teacher in high school that I think he kind he was kind of flocking me. Like she auditioned for the musical. She seems really good at this. Okay. She seems to really like it. Now she seems really interested in like going to college for this, but he knew that I wasn't that I wasn't aware of like how, like how do you even apply for college? How do I audition for a school? Um,
1: there's circles you have to be part of to know this stuff. yeah. Yeah. Like
0: I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know what, you know, what the top places were. Um, but you know, there's like international thespian festival and I think every state has their own thespian festival maybe, but, um, my school went to Iowa Thespian Festival and uh, he just like was taking me around to like a couple different colleges that were there. He's like, I've heard about this one or I know so-and-so from this school. I know this person from this school. So I'll introduce you. Um, And while we were there, I auditioned, they were doing like a scholarship thing, scholarship auditions while they were there. And I was like, yeah, I'll audition and he like helped me pick stuff out but he was like you don't really know you're not you're not super experienced I know you're really new at this so you're don't get your hopes up but we'll we'll pick out your stuff and whatever so we had to do like a song and a monologue and I remember sitting in the hallway of like this this high school that we were at where the festival was at and seeing everybody was dressed up in like audition clothes like all the girls were in their like their jewel tone dresses and the guys were in like nice pants and a shirt and I was in like um like more like dance type clothes I was in all mm. black and I had on like yoga pants and like just a top and I remember sitting there and I called my mom and I was like mom everybody else is like super dressed up everybody else is very dressed up and now I feel like I'm gonna look really dumb well there's my dog like I, I, feel like I'm gonna look really stupid. I don't, I don't know what to do. And she was like, "It's gonna be fine. Just do the thing." Like nobody told you you had to dress up. And I was like, okay, "You're right. You're right." Went in, did my stuff, and then that night, like the final night of Best and Bexley, like announced the winner. And I remember, like I remember sitting there, and they and they were like, "It's, it's Samantha Polly from Troop Whatever Number." And I remember being like. No, that's <laughs> no way. And my drama teacher—he was crying. He was like, "I'm so proud of you." Blah blah blah. So like, it's I. It might have been that moment that that may, then my parents were like, "Oh, okay." So like, she could. She could
1: so you, so you, you just rolled up and won yeah. this this thing with like no voice lessons, no formal training, yeah. just wow. So I mean, have you taken voice lessons since then? Yeah. you went to college for that?
0: yeah, voice lessons <clears throat> I have um a a voice teacher in Chicago who is um actually the music director for six um here but um yeah, is- st- and you know, I still consider myself like not a good music theater actor because i s there's still a lot of shows that I don't know. there's a lot of shows that I've never. I've never listened to the cast recording a lot of shows that I should probably know, like what they're about. And I just don't, I don't keep up with like, what is what's new and like what's happening right now. Um, when six came along, I was like, I don't know what that is. I didn't, I, didn't. Um, I didn't listen to any of the music from it until the night before my call back. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I, yeah. I just kind of, I just kind of roll with the punches. I just kind
1: of roll up like you said, <laughs> well I know I know a lot of people like that that they're just like wherever the opportunity leads me, whatever door opens, I'm just gonna walk through it and and there's so many people who have told me that they just got where they've gotten because they just keep saying yes
0: yeah
1: and and it just leads to the next thing and and you know, depending on like the spiritual background of whoever it is that I'm talking to. They're like, oh, you know, sometimes it's fate. Sometimes it's one reason or another, but you know, it's what's supposed to be is supposed to be you know, whether or not you buy into that or not. But speaking of callbacks on January 14th, 2019, you posted a picture on Instagram said that never before did you have to perform a diamond single ladies mashup for a callback. Did you get called in for Moulin Rouge? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um,
0: they, they were still looking for uh, standby, for sateen um so I flew I flew to New York for that um (laughs) that that callback was also really fun because I when I was in college with a couple of my friends we taught ourselves all of the single ladies choreography and so I still know all of it so I (laughs) for some reason I was like I was getting ready to go in and feeling really good feeling good about singing all this stuff and I was like I don't really know what to do though for this, this for <laughs> part. Like I'm not, I don't want to just stand there, but I also haven't, you know, the show wasn't open on Broadway yet. So there was nothing, there was nothing I could refer to. So I was like, maybe I'll just throw in a little bit of it. And I think that's probably where I went wrong. And that's why I didn't book it. <laughs> 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 I know, doing the full dance thing? But I was like, I was giving them some, some sass for sure. And they were like, yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, again, if you had taken that, you wouldn't be where you are now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I, like you said, I am, I am definitely a, everything happens for a reason type person within the last like year and a half. I have definitely, that is. Well, yeah, something I it, seems, it
1: seems like, the last year and a half has been like just full of ups and downs for you in general, yes, and well. and what is it two thousand two thousand eighteen the Bat Out of Hell tour you were Valkyrie, mm-hmm. and what the hell happened? It it for so for those who don't know, like it was can like the tour was canceled like days yeah. before New York was supposed to start, right?
0: Uh, no, it was um,
1: it was canceled before the tour was supposed to start.
0: Yeah. Um, we, we rehearsed in New York. Um, and this was like a year long full production contract tour. Yeah. Like the top tier. I was ready full year, first national tour. I was like, okay, this, this is it. I'm going to get my foot in the door. I'm going to do a tour. And then like, and then that is it. I'm going to, things are going to go up from there. Can't wait. um, and we rehearsed for five weeks in New York. We started in Toronto. We were in Toronto for like three three weeks, I think, three, four weeks. Um, we tech the show, we, we opened there. Um, we were sold out almost every single night. And uh, three days, I think, before we were supposed to come back to the US and open in Detroit. Um, we had understudy rehearsal that day, we went on a dinner break and, uh, we got a big text message from our stage manager saying, Hey, we're going to have a company meeting at seven o'clock in the house. The show that night was at eight o'clock and everyone was speculating like, my God, what is this? What is this about? What's going on? And in my mind, I was like, Oh, it's, it's probably just a a meeting because we have to go back to the U S and it's a meeting like we had before we left. Like, make sure you have this. Make sure you have your passport. Don't bring any weed gummies back. You know, like, you know, whatever.
1: (laughs) Which I guess is a real concern now.
0: Yeah. And you know, walking from my dressing room to go up to the theater for this meeting, I could sense from a couple other people within the cast, like something was wrong. And there were, looking back now, there were a lot of red flags that I just, I had never been on tour, so I, I wasn't aware. Um, but we went upstairs to the theater and everybody was there, except for our director and any of the producers. None of them were there. Um, our main producer sent an email to our company manager and said, I need you to read this to the cast. Um, and she had asked if she could wait until after the show. And they said, no, you have to tell them before the show. Um, I think because they had already canceled all of the trucks that they were going to load the set onto, and they didn't want that information getting out before or during the show. Mm. So... They brought us all in. Our company manager had a piece of paper in her hand and she was like, I'm really sorry that I have to do this. And a couple other people had figured it out already and were like yelling and, you know, like yelling obscenities and whatever. And I'm just sitting there. And she read this note that said, um, we're going to close after Toronto. Um, continuing the tour just isn't in the cards right now. We're hoping to pick back up again in the summer of 2019. That was it. They didn't tell us why. They didn't tell us what they were going to do for us, that they were going to pay us any money, you know, what was going on. And I just started laughing because I could not, I could not believe it. I was like laughing and that turned into ugly crying. <laughs> um, and, and our company manager was like, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll send you guys home on Sunday or Monday, whatever, whatever you guys prefer and collectively everybody was kind of like what home where are you going to send us because most people lived in new york and they had sublet their apartments for a year so everybody was like what what home where am i supposed to go where what am i supposed to tell wow my family um someone in the cast was uh had booked king kong but said no because this tour was more money And he was trying to make money so that he could send his daughter to college. Oh, Uh, no. So we never ended up finding out why. They paid us for the rest of that week and the week following. um, And it ended up turning into a big, uh, kind of a legal thing with Actors' Equity because the producers had just, they had done it just in time and given us technically enough notice so that they didn't have to pay us any money beyond the following week. Um, so
1: nothing for the tour or anything nothing
0: for the tour. Um, and so it turned into this big thing with us and Actors Equity saying like, cool. So technically within the rules, producers or, you know, companies can give a week's notice or, for a year long tour and then they owe us nothing like we have we have turned down other jobs we have given up our place to live we have you know put our full trust into these people but that's the only protection that we have and so a, a kind of a cool thing was that you know then it turned into this big discussion with Actors Equity about them looking closer into oh okay so what how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? How do we make sure that we uh, are providing more protection for our actors? Um, so, yeah, so that happened towards the end of 2018. I came back home, uh, like, the beginning of November. And uh, there were two other shows back in Chicago that I had said no to that then I, you know, went to because I was home to see my friends, but I just had to sit there being, like, Cool um auditions for everything in the spring had already happened i missed all of that um it uh it kind of sent me into like it was a it was a i was really depressed i knew i was going to have to like go back to working part time at soul cycle which i was doing before that um and it was it was bad enough for a while that like my husband reached out to a couple of my friends to be like I've I've never seen her like this before, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help her anymore. So I need I I need anyone to to tell me what to do, to tell me how to help her to to make her feel better. I don't. There's nothing I'm doing is working. Um, and I think I had kind of decided at that point that I was like, you know what, I'm I I need to take a break for a while because I put you know all of my trust in. And what I thought was a sure thing and theater is never a sure thing, but to me and I think most actors, you know, a full production contract on a year long tour is like, we're good to go.
1: With no expenses at home or wherever yeah. that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. And
0: I was, I was one of the lucky people. I, we had our house, we are, we had already bought a house back in Chicago. So I had a home to go back to, but there were plenty of my friends within the cast that went, to go back home and move in with their parents or one of my girlfriends from the show, I think in a matter of three months hopped around to four different sublets. Like, Mm. so I, I was done. I talked to my sister and I was like, I think that I want to, I don't want to do this for a while. Theater isn't making me happy anymore. I'm not excited about new projects. I don't want to go to auditions. Um, I feel like people are, having me come audition for things because they feel bad. Um, And I don't want that. I'm not into that. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU private Christian affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Um, so I stopped auditioning for stuff for a little bit for a couple months. Um, and then six auditions started happening and, uh, Chicago shakes asked me to come in and I said no three times. (laughs) Um, and there the the Marriott Theater where I had where I got my first job in Chicago um, had asked me to be a part of their production of Footloose. And uh no I I didn't audition, nothing. They were like, hey, we want you to play rusty, come do this. And that one I was like, okay, I I I love working at the Marriott Theater. That I've done like 10 shows there. That they are like home. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can do that. I know they're gonna pay me well. I'll do that for two and a half months. great. And I kept saying no to six because I already had this other job. I was like, no i I I can't do that to them. I can't drop out of the show um and it just kept coming back. They just kept asking me to come back um, and and audition for it and then finally one night while I was at work at the Marriott the music director Roberta um, called me and she had left me a voicemail and I still have that voicemail on my phone. I will not delete it. I'll never delete it. But (laughs) she called me and left me a voicemail saying like, we've had the first couple days of auditions. We're not seeing what we want. I think you should at least make a tape because then you can be on their radar. Even if you don't do the show, if the show goes somewhere else or if anything happens with the show later. Um, But she was like, I totally get it. I There are so many times she's like in my past that I have said yes to one show because I feel like I I owe it to them or I I owe them my loyalty and I've missed out on other things and she's like, this is a business. That's all it's about. So you you can at least make a tape. There's nothing wrong with that. So I went home that night and made a tape at 10.30 at night and uh." I sent it to her right away in the casting director at Chicago shakes. And she was like, they love it. They want you to come in. I mean, <laughs> Final I was like, all right, cool. Um, but then I had to call my agent and be like, okay, listen, because he would, I mean, you know, he knew I was doing all this too. And I was like, should I go? Because there are, there's going to be other people there from Chicago that I know that, also know that I'm supposed to be doing this other show and I don't want any of this getting, getting back to people to marry and you know, me getting in trouble or whatever. And he was like, I say we just go because even if you go, it doesn't mean that you're going to take the job. This is something separate. You should go. So then while all of that was happening, I got an email um, from Kara Rubin casting saying, mm-hmm. Hey, there's a production of Avita that's happening in London over the summer. Um, it's really different. It's uh it's supposed to be like Beyoncé at Coachella. And I was like, Oh, I've never been to London. That's a lot of money they would pay me. Cool, I'll do that. I'll I'll audition for that. I love Avita. So we had final callbacks for six, which was like an eight hour day in Chicago. And then that night I got on a plane and flew here to New York to do my first uh, audition and pooping for Evita. So all of it started happening at like around the same time. Um, So you never took
1: the job in, in Chicago then it sounds like.
0: Well, I, I, that happened so quickly that, like, I I said yes to Footloose, and they were like, "Cool, sending you a contract tomorrow," and I had signed a contract already for this other show. Um, Footloose wouldn't have conflicted with Avita, so that's why I was like, "I could do that." And then I in. Um, and then the day after I got back from New York, my agent called me about six, and he was like, "They want you to play Catherine Howard," and I was like okay, so Mm -hmm. what what do we do? Um, and he was like, well, do you want to do it? And I said, yeah, I want to do it.
1: Did you know anything about the show? Like what, what made you want to do it?
0: I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I knew that it was coming to Chicago. I had had actually a couple friends in London reach out to me and people in Chicago that knew about it or had listened to it on Spotify that were like, six is coming to Chicago. You have to audition. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I don't know what it's about. And like I said before, I'm just really bad at doing my research and knowing. So I still didn't know until they had me come in. And then I, uh, when I first went in for callbacks, I was called back for three of the Queens. So I was just looking at who everybody was and what the show was about. so so yeah, I I I knew then finally you know what it was, but I guess I st- I I still didn't realize like how how big of a deal it was or how how much people loved it already. Um, especially people here in the US like there was already such a following. Yeah. Um Well
1: that, that's like that's the trend now. You know, look at yeah. Percy Jackson musical and Be More Chill and Six. You know, it's basically the music, Spotify, that's demanded come to Broadway. Yeah. Or yeah. even to off, you know. Um, you said, I want to go back to something you glossed over. And I don't even know if you realized you said it a while back. Is, is when you're talking about Bad Out of Hell that you were sad. Or you said you're actually depressed because, you know, your trust was broken. You put all your trust into these... Producers and it, it I wonder if you know the de- delving into the psychological aspects of <clears throat> of you and this is the first time I've met you, you know virtually here while we're in mutual quarantine um you know I was looking through Instagram and well, you're pretty open on instagram and your your posts and whatnot, and you were saying you said that uh you know on th- december thirty first twenty nineteen you had this wonderful post that you're like um uh, 2019 had some major moments, none that you could have none that you could have ever expected. Mm-hmm. And you said the end of 2018 almost broke you. And you know, you talked about Vita, but you know, battling depression, anxiety yourself. But when you said trust, and it, it 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 harkened back to this post because you also mentioned an abusive relationship that came from college, right? Mm-hmm. Like like a, a yeah. So I wonder, like for you, do you do you think I mean so going into um uh, I or coming out of being a survivor of an abusive relationship um you know there's a broken trust there with with relationships in general.
0: Yeah. Um I I think that I've definitely since then because that that relationship ended in like 2010. Um and definitely since then I have realized that the problem within that relationship was not me. It was something with him and insecurities that, that he had, that he took out on me. And I think since then, my mentality has definitely changed to where, where I am. I'm aware of people like that. If that makes sense. Like Like I'm willing to trust people like my husband or people that I work with because because I can see that they're inherently good and I know that they are not like this guy because I I can recognize in other people when I see those characteristics that he had, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I especially in terms of like, because, you know, with, within uh, a relationship like that, I think the trust comes in other forms. Whereas like, if I'm trusting the people that I work with or, you know, producers or directors or whoever, that I think, at least for me, is a is a different kind of trust. Like, I know that you're going to take care of my paycheck and you're going to make sure that the stage is safe and this and this and that. And then, that and that we're, doing what we're supposed to be doing on this day and we're ending rehearsal at this time. Like that to me is, I've been able to like mentally, that is different. Um, whereas I guess with this guy in college, that was just like, uh, he was just, I I don't know. I think like, I think it was just an insecurity within himself I, I don't know. Like I said, that he that he would get so mad. Um, like if I like if I booked something and he didn't, or we went mm. to auditions together and I I got more callbacks for something than he did, and it it took me a while to to figure out in that relationship that like, oh, he's like he's got a problem with mm-hmm. himself that he's that he's taking out on me. And I think uh, in terms of work trust, that's something totally different.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess where I was going with this was it's, it, I I'm speculating that it may be hard for you to make close relationships with new people now. And the people, once you do let that wall down, it's, you know, it's like you're very loyal. Right. And,
0: yeah, okay. and with them, yeah, with them yeah. forever. Yeah, and okay. so
1: you know, you're trusting for these producers this this time in your life. Uh, you're like, okay, a year, I'm I'm putting my eggs in this basket mm-hmm. now, and I'm going to not have a place in New York. And if I was, you know, your other actors sublet and didn't have places to go back to because they were trusting that the next steps would be taken care of. Yeah. Uh, and so that now me as to why at the end of the year, you said Tony almost broke you. You, Theater wasn't making you happy. Theater, uh, you know, you wanted to take a break because you, you basically got like used and thrown away in this, in this tour scenario that never happened.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I guess that, that does, that does definitely harken back to that because, you know, if anything, I've, I love theater and it's for, you know, A lot of people, I think most people, it's an escape from real life, whether you're watching the show or you're on stage and you're a part of it, that, yeah, then, yeah, to have, to have all of that. And I was like, okay, then like, what am I, what am I doing? Why, if I can't feel safe here, where am I supposed, am I never supposed to leave my house? Like, where am I, (laughs) what am I supposed to do?
1: Well, so now, so now that like the, the rug was pulled out from under all of you for, for in this pandemic, like, are you, are you okay? Are you, is it kind of like memories of before? Is it different now?
0: I, I guess a little bit. This seems to be different in that, like, I know, I know that six already had a lot of anticipation, um, People were very excited for it to come to Broadway. And I know that, you know, anything can happen. And I nothing is guaranteed, obviously, in theater. I definitely know that now. But I I think that I, I have faith in the show itself. And I have faith in what we've created. And I have faith in the ticket sales that we've had for a while that... I know that I know that we will come back. Um, the only thing that that makes me nervous or gives me anxiety is that it's not now it's not like Broadway that's uncertain. It's all of this coronavirus stuff that is uncertain and there's no definitive end. Mm-hmm. So I think the anxiety for me with all of this now just comes from. But I was so ex- I was so excited, and I think it's more of like a <laughs> I fine I finally made it. I made it to Broadway. I yes, and like getting excited for like the Tonys and this and this and that, like awards season. And now I'm like, shit, what? The <laughs> God, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. But um, but I think I have also learned since 2018 that, like I said, everything happens for a reason and I am a firm believer that you are always exactly where you are meant to be in this moment and if I am not proof of that in the theater world I don't know what is like if Bad out of pile hadn't been canceled then I wouldn't have had time to audition for six and all of all of this other stuff wouldn't have happened so that all you usually can't see it while it's happening but but everything
1: definitely happens for a reason. Absolutely. Um uh, you're doing uh on on your Instagram page you're also doing um a song a day, right? Yeah. So is that was that something to keep yourself just to keep yourself busy or keep yourself singing? Yeah, I, mean,
0: I think both. Now um after the first week I figured out that like okay, if I if I wake up at this time and I like wake up and i work out and i eat breakfast then i can usually start filming my song around this time and i can edit it and then post it by trying to post right at four o'clock every day um so that has definitely kept me sane because it's made me feel like i have a schedule and then at Mm -hmm. stuff getting added in like like this podcast or you know whatever kind of phone interview and and stuff like that, or like a Zoom class. That's just like an added bonus where I feel like I'm doing something with my day. Um, so it was part that that I was like, I'm I need I'm gonna have to do something, otherwise I'm gonna I'm gonna go nuts. Um, so it's part that, but it's also part like I, it's making me be better about uh, being active on social media and engaging with fans that I have. I guess which
1: is why do you put that in in air quotes? You you have fans, you have fans.
0: It's just a weird thing for me to say, because I just think I'm like a a dumb little potato from Iowa (laughs) that like, (laughs) you know, like why do I have fans? God, it's so weird. Um, So it's, it's made me better about that too, because I've, I've never been particularly good at like posting on Instagram or using these hashtags or whatever. Um, So it's been good for me to do that too and just like get more involved um but it's you're being, fun now i'm like picking songs and like putting on outfits and making it funny and it's you know.
1: well you're 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 explaining you're talking to the fans you're getting feedback you're being but you're being authentic which yeah. which i think especially for for people in this industry, you know, you're on stage because you need, you're finding a way to express yourself. You're Mm -hmm. finding a way to, to deal with whatever's going inside your head anyway, by embodying these other characters. And it's giving you this, this way to still perform. You're still performing every day.
0: It's, it's, I've been singing, you know, the same thing for like a year. Um, so it's fun to get song suggestions from people and sing something that maybe I haven't sung in a while or, um, or i i've had to learn a lot of new stuff because like i said i'm not good at keeping up with new stuff on broadway and so i get a lot of requests for like stuff from mean girls or beetlejuice and i those are i saw mean girls last year but it's not like a cast recording i listened to so um that's just another thing that it's an activity for me to sit and try and learn a song without having the sheet music by just like listening to it on youtube and looking at the lyrics you know um so it's
1: well spring spring awakening you need to know spring awakening is good
0: know it i do (laughs) i do
1: but but i enjoyed the like okay i guess i just am in pajamas because that's what people do but yeah
0: and like and now it's you know i i feel like a lot of times for theater performers there's an expectation of of looking how you do on stage or like being that person or being perfect um and I am more than willing to put videos on my Instagram of me like forgetting the words or making a mistake or doing or my voice cracking because like that's that's just what it is for a while I was taping these and I was like oh that sounded like garbage I need to do it again and finally, over the last two weeks, I've just been like, whatever, I'll just do one take. And if it's good, it's good. And we're going to use it. And if it's not, then we'll make it funny. <laughs> um, and now I'm just like dressing up and making it ridiculous.
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think it's fun. And it, it gives the rest of us who can't go see shows and who, who like we, we crave this content. Yeah, so yeah, to still it. be able to 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 connect with the people that we'd rather see on stage, you know, this is like the next best thing because yeah. we can't leave our houses right now yeah. and there is no Broadway. Yeah. So, well, there is Broadway. It's just it's absolutely changed, of course. Yeah. Um but uh for 6 being like very women empowerment, it's an all the the band is female. Uh like is is it a different is it a different vibe for you, a different dynamic or a different energy on stage? Because the whole show is about women's empowerment anyway. Yeah.
0: Um I guess it's not it's not like a well it it is it is a different vibe on stage. It but only in the sense that like now that the the six of us have been together for a solid year, um that we are all best friends, and I, and I say that very genuinely. It, there isn't anyone that doesn't get along. Um, we all love each other so much, and we we always support each other. And a lot of people that come to see the show say that they can see that on stage. Um, so I guess it is. It does feel different in that sense because we've also been encouraged to be ourselves and bring ourselves to the character um, so that we can create something very unique. But there are so many times that we are just ourselves on stage with each other, like trying to make each other laugh or, you know, giving each other a look or dancing and being silly. Um, So it definitely does feel different to, to other shows because we've been given that freedom and because we, there are so many times that, and I know it will happen when we all come back, that we'll look around at each other, like while someone's singing their solo or while we're all sitting together, that I'm just like, we are all just really good friends, aren't we? Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah, it does, it does feel different compared to other things I've done where, you know, the show might not have as much freedom, um, in terms of connecting with each other or, you know. Right fun. And it is it's very cool to be all women up there. That is just nuts. It's
1: really cool. Uh so you had like four weeks of of possible stage door feedback so far. Is there anything that like sticks out from your mind from the New York the New York stage door? Um
0: I think the only <laughs> only thing that like really sticks out is like the security that we have that's out there with us which just cracks me up because um a couple nights a week there will be um the same like two or three guys that come that have like stacks of programs or posters that um they go and then sell on ebay yeah yeah security guys know who they are so they'll come out and they'll like they'll announce to everybody like oh the girls are doing selfies tonight or they're not doing selfies or make sure you have your your cameras ready and whatever. And they're these huge guys like they are scary.
1: And There's security.
0: Security and it's always the thing that always sticks out that I find hilarious is when like they'll be talking to like the little fan girls and they'll be like okay sweetie you have to get this and this and this out. And then they'll see one of the guys like standing in the back and they'll just start cursing them and be like, hey, 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 like yelling at these guys, like their demeanor just changes. And it's so funny to me because I'll stand there and I'll be like, oh, my God, TG's. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I think that's the only thing that's different. Like we've had at other theaters that we were at, you know, earlier in the year, I I don't think any of them were were ready for a stage door type thing. Um, I don't think they anticipated that the fan base would be so large. So like when we got to Canada, we had like a, a meeting on the first day in the theater and I was like, so what's the stage door protocol? And they were like, the what? And I was like, you're going to have, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to like rope off an area or do, or make a line. Um, But it's been, it's been pretty pretty chill and you know I mean for all I know there there could have been things that happened that I just wasn't aware of but I you know what though sometimes sometimes people are very intense like fans will yell at each other like don't push me or like I'm trying to get through and it's, it's, sometimes people can get a little
1: ugh a little clean, but they come people come sometimes from miles and miles and miles away to see their favorite person and their favorite show to get the signature. And if they don't get that selfie or that signature or whatever it is, then like life over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's more like um the moms of some of these kids. Like <laughs> wouldn't really care less, like if we say we're not doing selfies because that if sometimes if we do a selfie with everyone that wants one, we could be out there for an hour and a half. It could take a long time, so sometimes we'll just say like, as we're walking, you guys feel free to snap photos, but we're not going to stop for individual people. And it, it, sometimes it's it's more the moms that uh, that are kind of out of control, that get a little intense, and the kids are like, whatever, that's fine, and the moms are like, no, 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 get in there for a picture. Um, but otherwise, it's really it really hasn't been that bad
1: stage parents man I'm oh, no. happy happy I didn't have any doesn't sound like you had, doesn't sound like you had any stage parents so no, no
0: not at all My yeah parents, yeah whatever they're more they're always more excited to see like the other people that I'm in shows with instead of me they'll be like where's so and so I want to see that person from the show where's the guy that played Che and Avita? where's Trent where's he and I'm like what about me I just did the show and they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm, just, I'm just as cool I'm just as cool mom and dad come on <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's wrap this up here and i have three standard closing questions that i ask everybody cool. on the podcast the first one is what motivates you
0: um as cliche as it sounds um the fans and my husband he's good at keeping me on days when i'm like Ugh, i just don't want to he's like but look at what you get to do go do it <laughs> i'm like okay you're right
1: i love that okay So the second question is, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path?
0: Uh, Be patient. You have to be patient. Um, And like I said before, you are always exactly where you are meant to be, even if you can't see it in this moment. You have to trust that.
1: All right, so last question, hardest one. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want. What would you see?
0: I would see, I would see Andrew Lipa's The Wild Party.
1: Ooh, that's a new one.
0: I feel like I've gotten in the last week, I've gotten questions from like newspapers or other people that are like, what is one show that you've never done that you want to do? What is one Broadway cast recording that you would recommend people listen to? And that's my answer for everything. I just love it. Underrated. Yeah,
1: it's very very good. So we can find you online on Instagram at SamPolly, p a u l y and your are dot and
0: that's
1: it. Right? You don't do Twitter.
0: I don't have a Twitter. It makes
1: me nervous. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> dirty. Twitter, Twitter is like like the back alley of the internet.
0: Yeah, Twitter's like ugh, kind of scary.
1: We can get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com. Show your support at theaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. You can find me on Instagram and back alley twitter at theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating leave a review. This is edited by Matthew Hendershot and Sam. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful.